0: Today is Palm Sunday. Five days. Palm Sunday is five days before Good Friday. Five days before Jesus would, would, would go to the cross and give his life for us to be crucified. This moment at the time, Palm Sunday, this was seen as like this was the height of Jesus' ministry. There is no, no greater moment in Jesus' ministry for the, for the people who are watching. Here's Jesus. He's, he's coming into Jerusalem. It's almost like they're announcing, here comes the king. They're crying out, Hosanna. He's riding on, a, on, on the colt of a donkey. He is fulfilling scripture. That's an Old Testament scripture that's being fulfilled right in front of them. They're laying their jackets down on the ground so the donkey, donkey can walk over them. Palm branches. People are screaming. like it's, it's almost like this worship chaos moment. So much so that the Religious people are like, Jesus, tell them to calm down, which just as an aside, if someone's not calm, telling them to calm down never works, okay? Especially if you're married, never tell your your spouse if they're upset and you're having an argument, never say, just calm down, like it's, it never, this never works, okay? Jesus says, if I tell them to calm down, the very rocks will cry out, So there's this incredible moment that's taking place. And what they're looking for is they're looking for Jesus to set them free. But set them free from Roman rule because they're under captivity. And that's what they thought the Messiah was coming to do. To set them free from the Romans and to overthrow the Roman government. Over the next five days, Jesus would come in and out of Jerusalem. He'd come in during the day and he would teach. And then at night he would withdraw and he, he would go away outside of the city again. And then on the last night, Thursday night, Jesus gathers his friends, his disciples. These are the people that he had spent like almost every waking minute with over the past three, three, three and a half years. He spent with them. He gathers them together. We know this as this is the last supper, right? They didn't know. They're, they're not understanding this. Even though Jesus would, had been telling them all along what was about to happen, that, that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to be raised from the dead, somehow they did not get it. And it was very plain, but they did not get it. So they gathered together for dinner. This is where Jesus gives us the, the communion, what we celebrated today. He sits in with his friends. He breaks bread, and, and, and he gives it to them. He says, this is my body broken for you. And he takes the cup, he goes, this is the covenant, the new covenant in my blood. And they're they're still not getting it, but this is where we get communion. The body and the blood of Jesus given for us. And it's at this meal, they're sitting around the table. It's at that very meal where Jesus does something that is unheard of. Unheard of in his day. He washes feet. Now, listen. If you've been around church for any length of time... Some of you are probably a little triggered at the moment. You're, think, you're starting to panic. You're thinking, I have no idea what my toes look like right now. Like, <laughs> I don't remember if, if I touched up the toenail polish. Or if when I take my socks off, if I'm going to have toe jam in between my toes. And you're starting to panic a little bit because you know what's about to happen is we're about to do a foot washing ceremony, a foot washing service with everybody's taking their socks and shoes off and we all washing each other's feet. Deep breath. That is not happening today. No one is getting their feet washed today, okay? So deep breath. (laughs) Because I know if someone was doing what I'm doing and I'm sitting down there, I'm thinking, shoot, I'm going to strategically time a trip to the restroom when they call people forward to wash feet. (laughs) Don't go to the restroom. It's going to be okay. Take your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 13. I won't even make you take your shoes and socks off. You can just... You're you're good. John chapter thirteen. We're gonna we're gonna read it's a few verses here. We're gonna read about sixteen verses. It says, "Now before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his hour had come, and it was his time for him to leave this world and return to the Father. Having greatly loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them, and continuously loves them with his perfect love to the end, eternally." It was during supper. When the devil had already put the thought of betraying Jesus into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. i got to stop right there for a minute because I can't read this passage without that, like, like, gutting me every time. Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. That was someone's boy. That was someone's son that betrayed Jesus. It just made it very real, very personal. He was a person. With a family. Jesus, knowing that the Father had put everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was now returning to God, got up from supper, took off his outer robe, and taking a servant's towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into the basin and began washing the disciples' feet and wiping them with the towel which was tied around his waist. When he came to Simon Peter, he said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize what I'm doing, but you will fully understand it later. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. We can have nothing to do with each other. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, in that case, wash not only my feet, but my hands and my head. Jesus said, anyone who is bathed only needs to wash his feet and is completely clean. And you, my disciples, are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. For that reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put on his outer robe and reclined at the table again, he said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right in doing so, for that is who I am. So if I, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you, ought to, also, you ought, excuse me, ought to wash one another's feet as well. For I gave this to you as an example so that you should do in turn as I did to you. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. Everything that we are about to talk that we are going to talk about today, and everything that I'm going to teach you and I'm going to show you, everything flows from verse number one. Everything flows from verse number one. I like it in the Passion Translation. I read the Amplified. But in the Passion Translation, it says this. All throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. What Jesus is about to do... John's writing this letter, he's writing this book, and he's setting the stage. What Jesus is about to do, what he's about to demonstrate, what he's about to, to, to teach them, to explain to them, is coming from, from the full measure of his love. This is the catalyst behind this powerful moment where he washes his friends' feet. See, from, from the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus loved his friends. He loved everyone, but he spent time with his disciples. He loved them intimately. He not only spoke of love, but he demonstrated love, his love for them over and over again. From teaching them lessons and parables to correcting them when they were out of line and, and said, I mean, the disciples said some crazy things. Right? The sons of thunder wanted to call fire down on a village that didn't, and you know, to consume everybody in all the buildings because they didn't receive Jesus. He lovingly corrected them. Peter, Peter was said, get behind me, Satan, is what Jesus said to Peter. That's harsh love, but still lovingly, lovingly corrected. From spending time with them, walking around the campfire, just time. To releasing them in ministry, where he sent them out two by two to go and do the same things that Jesus was doing. Preaching the kingdom of God is at hand, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, casting out demons. He lovingly prepared them and sent them. Jesus showed his profound and compassionate love for the, his disciples in every way. But now, in this moment, John's saying he is going to show the fullness of his love, the full measure. Of his love for his friends. What he is about to do is going to make everything else that they've seen and experienced that love from him. It's going to make it seem like high five and a handshake, you know, a level of intimacy and and love. Compared to what is about to happen. This is the fullness of Jesus' love on display. Right here. Now listen, I've, I've read this passage, I've taught this passage, I've heard sermons on this passage, and it's always from the context of serving. Jesus served his disciples, so we should too. Yes, right? Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's true. right? Jesus washed their feet, so we should too. Really know about the whole actual foot washing thing, but okay, I get the I get the lesson. I, I understand, right? We're to follow his example. S- seriously, though, who's who's actually participated in an old school foot washing ceremony? Yeah, there's a few of us. I have. Super awkward. <laughs> also awkward is when you do when you do group communion and everybody actually takes a piece of broken bread and what you don't know is coming is that you're supposed to take your bread and break it and give it to someone else because what ends up happening is somebody ends up rolling it into this really hard ball and their hands are all over it and then they're like, oh, now go share that with somebody and you're like, uh, not, not with you. Not, not with you. I'm, I'm good. Also awkward. See, the, the lesson, there is a lesson here of serving and of washing feet. For sure, you can pull that out of Scripture here. I was sitting... I was sitting with the Lord and I was just reading through John and I, I came across this passage a few weeks ago and and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and began showing me more than what's on the surface. I want to say that that serving one another and washing feet, like that's that's on the surface. It's there, but there was something deeper that was going on. And and as I started reading this passage, I had this powerful encounter with the Lord, and I felt like he took me into the passage and i began to experience what was taking place in in this moment as if i was sitting around the table with the disciples and i began to experience the love of jesus in a way that i never had before and i began i believe i began to feel some of what peter was feeling in this passage in this moment and as, as i was sitting there reading and having this this time with the lord i was humbled and i was broken before jesus as I experienced his love for me. My prayer today is that as we walk through this, that I'm able to communicate what Jesus did in me so that you could have a fresh new revelation of the love of Jesus for you, like, like you've never had before. So here everyone is, is relaxing around the table, and they're sitting there, and Jesus gets up and he removes his outer robe and he wraps his servant's towel around his waist. And then he begins to take a, a, a pitcher of water and he begins to pour it into a basin. And then he, he starts kneeling before his friends. He gets down on his knees and he starts washing his disciples' feet, his friends' feet. And Most of you are probably aware of this, but at, but at this time, everyone either wore like open-toed sandals, right? Or they, wa- or they walked around barefoot. And all the pathways and roadways, it's like dirt and dusty. It's not, you know, concrete and stuff like that. Even, like, even now, like if you walk around barefoot, right, your feet are going to get dirty. How much more, like are their feet dirty? Because they're walking around just on, on dirt roads and it's, it's dust and dirt and, and animals everywhere. You can just imagine how, how dirty someone's feet would get culturally feet were at this time and still are in middle eastern culture considered like just disgusting and 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 like deplorable it's 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 dishonorable and disrespectful to show somebody your foot right so that 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 is carried through even today even in today's middle eastern culture and and washing someone's feet at this time when we're reading this story is considered to be the lowest of all lowly tasks by a servant. They, they considered it so demeaning that they would not even ask, Like Jewish people would not even ask Jewish servants to wash feet because they considered that to be below the Jewish servants. That's, that's how low this was. Here's Jesus washing the feet of his closest friends, taking the position of the lowest of all servants. So the, the washing of his friend's feet is rooted in his extreme love for them. Remember, this, what Jesus is doing, he is displaying the full measure of his love in this moment. We have to remember, everything we talk about connects back to verse 1, where Jesus is showing his full measure of love. See, true serving flows from and is connected to love. It's not from duty and it's not from responsibility. I mean, that is, that's a way to serve. It's my duty to serve. It's my responsibility to serve, right? That, that's a level of serving. But the real true servant's heart serves from a place of love. It flows out of that place of love. And that's what Jesus is demonstrating here. He's demonstrating that, that when you serve, you serve and it's connected to love. So we can only truly serve people when we love them with the love that Jesus loves us with. But as Jesus pours in his love into our lives, we're not meant to just hold that love and then give away a measure. That love is meant to pour into us and then flow out of us. So the people around us are experiencing the same love that we are experiencing from Jesus. They're just experiencing it through us. In a sense, we are Jesus with skin on to people as we love them the way that he loves us. See, when we serve out of love like this it ensures that that our serving isn't done with ulterior motives i'm not serving to make a way for myself right i'm not i'm not doing it begrudgingly i don't really want to do this right my heart's not in this but i'm going to do it anyway but it remains our serving remain, remains connected to the love that jesus has for us flowing in us out of us and to the people around us so jesus is washing feet and he comes to peter Now, we don't know if Peter's the first one. We don't know if Peter's the last one or if he's somewhere in the middle. We know he comes to Peter. (laughs) What we do know is Peter's not having it. However many feet Jesus has washed up to this point, Peter's like, "Uh uh-uh, this is not happening. And he says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And listen, I, I get it. I understand where Peter's coming from. I understand what he's objecting to. He's objecting to Jesus lowering himself, humbling himself like this before Peter. That's what he's objecting to. So I want you now as we walk through the story, put yourself in the story. Put yourself at the table. You're sitting there. Jesus is kneeling before you. You're you're Peter. Jesus kneels down before you to clean your feet. And you've spent the last three years walking with him. You know him. Those hands that are about to take your feet and wash them. Those hands, you've watched him touch lepers and see their skin instantly healed. Those hands. You watched those hands take the lunch of a small boy. Loaves and fish. Break them. And it was multiplied. One small boy's lunch to feed well over 5,000 people. Those hands are both to pick up your feet and wash them off. Those hands held children on his lap. And the Bible says that after the disciples had rebuked the, the parents for bringing the children around, Jesus said, no, 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 bring them here. And he took those children on his lap. He held on to them. He hugged them. He laid hands on them. And he blessed them with those hands. Those hands... Those hands, he stuck those fingers into a deaf man's ears who could not hear and instantly his ears were opened. Those are the hands. Jesus used those hands to raise the dead. Peter was there when he took the hand of a little girl who had died. He took her hand and he said, get up! And she opened her eyes and she sat up. Those hands. These these are the very hands of God. Peter knows that. He understands that this is God in the flesh. Now God in the flesh is now kneeling in front of him. And you're, you're sitting there and, and you know who Jesus is. You don't wonder and think maybe possibly You of all that you've seen, all that you've heard, what you've experienced, you know that this is God, the one in the flesh. This is the one that hung the stars in the sky. This is the one when there was nothing he spoke and said let there be light he spoke and created animals and plants he spoke and separated the land and 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 the water and told the sea how far it could come this is who's kneeling in front of you and wants to to wash your feet those hands and the day of creation gathered dirt together Series telling me what's happening on the, on the internet. Gathered that dirt together and formed Adam. Those hands formed Adam and then took a rib out of Adam's side. And from that rib, the Bible says he formed Eve. Those hands. With those hands he made you. I can only imagine that Peter has got Psalm 139 going through his head, because as I sat there, and as I read this, and as I put myself in the story, this is what I had going through my mind, these verses. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. And you wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me just to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body. When you created me in the secret place, you carefully, skillfully shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be even before I became me. Those hands... This is King Jesus kneeling before you. Kings don't do this. Kings don't kneel before anybody. Kings have servants to do this. Kings have servants that wash their feet, and then the servants will wash everyone else's feet. And this isn't just a king. Jesus is the king of all kings. There's no one higher, there's no one greater, there's there's no one one more majestic than Jesus. And he's kneeling in front of you and he wants to clean your feet. So I get Peter objecting, Lord, are you going to clean my feet? I think I would have objected too. How humbling. I think I would have been broken at the act of the extravagant love and not wanting Jesus to lower himself like this. Jesus gently explains, you don't understand. You don't understand what's happening, but you'll understand later. Later you'll get it. Uh -uh. But Peter has had enough. Never, he says, never. You will never wash my feet. Jesus looks him in the eyes and says, If I don't wash you, then you can't have any part of me. So we often think of Peter as the one that just whatever comes into his, mouth, into his mind comes out of his mouth. Like he's got no filter. He's bold. He's brash. He just, he, like he's, he's out there. But here, this moment where, Je- where he's saying to Jesus, no, this is about honor. This is about his love for Jesus. And then Jesus looks at him and looks him right in the eyes and says, Peter, if you refuse, then you can have no part of me. See, that statement right there, that statement is the clue that tells us this is more than just a, a lesson about washing feet. <laughs> really? You can tell me that if I don't wash feet, if I, if it, like, then, then I can't have a part of Jesus? See, it, it's, there's a lesson on servant leadership here, but it goes way beyond just washing feet. When Jesus says, if I don't do this, Peter, you can't have any part of me. See, there's more to it than that. Jesus has given lessons on servant leadership before, right, where they were fighting over who would be the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus gives this lesson. If you want to be great, then be the the greatest servant. Serve all, and you'll be the greatest. That's how you become the greatest. He didn't rebuke them for wanting to be great. He just told them how to be great. Be a great servant, then you'll be great. He taught them, he says, if you want to be first, be last, because it's the last Who get to be first, right? So he's given lessons on servanthood before, on servant leadership before, but this goes way beyond a lesson on serving. See, on one hand, what this is, is this is foreshadowing the cross. This is a foreshadowing of what Jesus is about to do his work on the cross. See, if we do not allow the cleansing work of Jesus to wash over us and wash us and cleanse us and and his death and his resurrection to remove the filth of sin from our lives, then we can have no part of Jesus. That's just the truth. Jesus is the entryway, right? That's how we get to the Father. He says, I am the door, I am the gate, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So that's, on one hand, he's foreshadowing the cross and what is about to happen. Because it's through the cross. It's through Jesus' death and resurrection that we are cleansed and made clean. (laughs) In the classic Peter fashion, when he hears that if Jesus doesn't wash his feet, then he's got no part of him. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Not just my feet then, but wash my hands and my head and my face too. (laughs) Could just... Jesus has so much love and so much grace for Peter. I can just see him saying, Peter, those who've taken a bath, they only need to wash their feet. I don't need to wash your hands and your face and your head for you. He says, for you're already clean, but not all of you. Right? He says, but not all of you. Because he knew. He knew that, that Satan had already put it inside Judas to betray Jesus. And here's the thing. Back to Judas. He still washed his feet. <laughs> he sat around that table and ate, broke bread, washed Judas's feet, even though he knew Judas was about to betray him and put him in that place to be crucified. But Jesus still loved him. See, Peter in this moment, see... This is before, this is before the cross, maybe just hours before the cross, but this is still before the cross. But Peter knew who Jesus was. Peter had faith in Jesus. See, and it was by faith that he had had been made clean, and it's by faith that he'd received salvation. Much like way, way back in in Genesis, right? Where where it says of Abraham, he that that it was by his his faith he he had made I'm getting in my head. Hold on. bible says about abraham who believed god and it was credit to him as righteousness see it was because abraham believed god that he was forgiven and it was credit to him as righteousness that's the, that's where peter is peter believed jesus and it was his faith in jesus and who jesus is and was then in that moment god in the flesh that's why he's saying you're you're clean for us now it's faith in jesus and his work on the cross his death and his resurrection that's how we're made Peter was clean, but still dirty. He still had need of Jesus to wash his feet. And what this points to, this points to areas of our lives where we're holding on to sin, or maybe we're unaware of those things in, in us. Is I think it's by the grace of God that He doesn't show us everything that's in our heart the moment that we get saved. Right? Like honestly, I think if we saw the darkness in us the moment that we got saved, I don't think we'd make it. It's too much. Like, I think it would break us and we would, we would quit. We would quit before we even got started. And so maybe there's things that, that we hold on to. We know we're there. Or maybe we don't know we're there and now Jesus is saying, hey, it's time. It's time to deal with this. And it happens. The, 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 the longer that you walk with Jesus, you're going to walk into seasons where he's going to be like, hey, this thing here in your heart, that thing, that's not good. It's been there a long time, but now's the time. We're, we're going de- to deal with that. And Jesus is saying, here, let me, wa- let me wash that. I'm going to wash that off of you because I want you to be free. Right? We've received salvation and in the eyes of God, we are made perfect by the blood of Jesus. When you receive Jesus into your life and you say, you're my God, you're my my king. When the Father looks at you, he sees perfection. He doesn't see any sin. He looks at us through the lens of the blood of Jesus. And we are perfect. That's our position. That's That's what it's called. Our position is perfect. And then there's the walking out of this every day. And I mean, you and I, we, we, I, know, I mean, I know me, right? I know my thoughts, my motives. And so we all know, no one needs to point it out. We all know where the dirt is in our lives. I don't need someone to come and tell me where my dirt is. I know where my dirt is, right? We, we know that we still choose, there's times we choose to do what's wrong over what's right. There's still times we choose to be selfish. There's still some, some times where we're prideful, we're angry, we're offended, we're bitter, we're selfish, we're jealous. There's sometimes we give in to the temptation of lust. We, we do these things and we know that they're not pleasing to the Lord. And then there's the, the woundedness that we carry. We're We're, we're broken. We've been hurt, we've walked through trauma, right? This is the dirt of our feet that still needs to be cleansed. Outside of Jesus, no one knows my dirt better than me, right? Outside of Jesus, no one knows your dirt better than you. So picture yourself again, you're at at the table, you're seated and Jesus comes kneeling before you and he takes your feet in his hands. And you're sitting there, and, and you know you know how dirty your feet are, yeah. and you were you were just hoping, man I hope I hope this illustration ends before he gets to me you You were hoping that nobody noticed. Here he comes, he kneels before you, and you're you're a little embarrassed, you're a little ashamed you didn't want you didn't want you didn't want this. Now you're humbled. Jesus is kneeling before you and you're you're breaking on the inside. No, Jesus, please don't. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to have you kneel down and wash my feet. I should be serving you. Please get up. Please get up, Jesus. You sit down. Let me wash your feet. That's the way this is supposed to go. Please stop. I know my feet are dirty. I can just I can just hide them under the table. No one will notice them. I'll just cover them up. I'll just cover it up. It's okay. You don't have to do this for me. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. And I don't want anyone to know. But Jesus knows. He knows it all. And he sees it all. <laughs> Nothing is hidden from him. And he doesn't want me, and he doesn't want you to go on living that way. He doesn't want you to live another moment not experiencing the full freedom that comes from salvation. The full freedom that comes from being washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. This is the love of Jesus for us. He knows your dirt, and he loves you anyway. And he loves you the same way anyway. It's, just, it's not like, oh, I see that. I still, yeah, I still love her. Not as much as I love them over there. But no, no, no. He knows your dirt. He sees your dirt. And He loves you the same way. Anyway. It doesn't change. It never changes. Nothing is hidden. And yet His love for us is unchanging. And His desire to wash us. And set us free. See, the cleansing work of the cross. It washes down to the lowliest, dirtiest parts of your life. The secret areas that we don't want anyone to know about. The secret areas that we put on, you know, we we, we dress up real nice and we we put a good face on, we put a good front on. We don't tell our friends and our family members, but they're those secret dirty areas that we know that they're there. We just cover them up. He wants to wash that. He doesn't want us to live another moment like that. And those areas that we don't even know are there, but He knows are there we get tripped up sometimes by stuff and we don't even know why we get tripped up. Why why all of a sudden we explode in anger or we're so impatient, but he's like, there's something there. Come on, let me wash that part. Let me wash and set you free. The cross doesn't just give the appearance of clean. It really, truly cleanses us. Jesus isn't afraid of your dirt. Jesus isn't afraid of your brokenness and your hurt. The things that you're embarrassed of and ashamed of, Jesus isn't afraid of it. He just wants to wash it off. He just wants to set you free. So Jesus goes on to tell the disciples that he was giving them an example to follow. And he says, hey, what I've done, now you do. He says, like, because a slave is not greater than his master, right? And the, the, the student is not greater, greater than his teacher. So he says, what I've, what I've done for you, I want, I want you to do for the people around you. Yeah, see. He says, I want you to get down to those people around you. And I want you to take their feet in your hands. Jesus wasn't telling them to literally go go around and wash feet, right? Like, like we've I think we've covered that. That goes it goes so far beyond just a, a foot washing ceremony or service. It's it's an example that we should follow. But I believe it's the example of pl- of applying the work of the cross to people's lives around us, not just taking socks and shoes off and pouring a little water on their on their feet and, and washing them off and then, and then drying them. Because, I mean, I know for, for some, like this, this would be the absolute worst for some, right? I don't think, there's, there's a few, and I know you. I know who you are. That this, this, would be, this would be death. If someone asked you to come and do this, you'd be like, I'm out. And you would run and scream. But this isn't what Jesus was talking about. He's talking about applying the work of the cross to the people around you. See, we are to help other people experience the full power, the full measure of the cross of Jesus Christ in their life. Not just like in appearance, but really way down to the lowliest, dirtiest parts that nobody wants to see. Not, not but it's not about coming in judgment on them. Oh, look at you. Look at your brokenness and you're your dirty. Look at how you live your life. That's not what it's about. It's about coming down and getting low. It's about serving them. It's about loving on them. It's about accepting them. But it's more than just accepting them. Because as followers of Christ, we're not just called to accept everybody. We're not just called to love everybody. We're called to love them into the kingdom. Because it's not what Jesus did not come to just sit down and be like, I love you and I accept you. And then leave you there. Jesus did not leave one person in their state of brokenness or their sin. Not one. Right? Remember the woman who was caught, who was caught in the act of adultery, the very act, and they brought her before Jesus. And Jesus said, he without sin. You go ahead. You, th- you throw the first stone. And lots of times we point to stuff like that. We point to stories like that. And we say, see, Jesus is accepting. And then we forget to finish the story. Where he looks at her and he says, he, he literally says, he says, woman, where, where are those who accuse you? And she said, they're, they're all gone, Lord. There's, none of them are here. And he says, go and sin no more. Be different. Be changed. Don't be like that anymore. See, he's, he's calling us to get down in the dirt yeah, yeah. with people. Mm-hmm. To show them, ah, I'm not afraid of your dirt. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Your, 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 your dirt in your life, it doesn't make me dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm clean from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how Jesus does it. He cleans us from the inside out. Yeah. Right? So being around, it's not going it's not, it's not to affect me. I'm not afraid. I accept you the way that you are. But I love you way too much just to leave you like that. I love you way too much than to give you a thumbs up on how you're living your life because I know that it's self-destructive. I know that you're hurting inside. I know that you're broken. I know that you're embarrassed and that you're ashamed. So we're called to get down low. We're called to tell people that there's a better way to live. You don't have to live this way anymore. We're not, you know, we, we're not, we're not actually designed to live a life full of dirt and grime and sin. That's not how God made us. Full of perversion and self-destruction and selfishness. You weren't made to live that way. We're not we're not designed to live with 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 identity crises. Not knowing who we are. Not knowing who God created us to be. Questioning how our creator made us. We're not meant to struggle with, with the gender identity crises that's, that's sweeping across our nation. There's a, better, there's a better way. Jesus wants to set us free. He says, I love you. Let me show you a better way. No more secrets. No more lies. No more lust. No more lust. No more offense. No more no more deception no more covering it up no more embarrassment no more shame let me take all that off let me wash all that away see the the dirt not only can represent our, our sin and those things that we do that we know we shouldn't be doing but it can also rem- it can also point to our hurts and our brokenness the things that that have happened to us we, we, I was hurt I was hurt, I, I, I was broken, I, I went through something and it was traumatic and now I'm, I'm not the same anymore, I'm, I'm wounded. See, getting, getting down and, and low with people who are hurt and broken and wounded and traumatized, it's the love of Jesus flowing in us, through us, to the people around us, serving them, washing their, washing their heart wounds. Washing their soul wounds. Their spirit wounds. Cleansing them. See, it's in our serving of, like, metaphorically washing their feet, that we are ministering the love of Jesus to people. Where we, we stop, we get down low, and we, we weep with those who weep, and we mourn with those who mourn, and we minister the love of and the healing and the power of Jesus to them because he doesn't want them to be broken anymore. You're not made to live broken. I believe that this is what Jesus was communicating to the disciples. This is what he was trying to show them by washing their feet. Yes, serve one another. Yes, do that. Be great servants because that, then you'll be great leaders. But take my work of the cross The day before he went to the cross. You don't know. You don't yet understand. But you will. On Sunday. They understood. When Jesus was raised from the dead. They're putting it all together. You don't understand yet. But you'll understand soon. Take the work of what I've done. The cleansing work of the cross. And you apply that. To the lowest, dirtiest, lowliest parts of people's lives. He gave us. His life so that we could be free from all of that stuff and not just free from sin and free from our woundedness and our offense and our brokenness, but free to life, to abundant life. Like again, we're not just made, we're just not, not created to just survive. I'm just getting through, I'm, I'm one day at a time, pastor. You know, I'm just up up the hill, I'm grinding it out. No, you're meant to thrive. You're meant to step into abundant life. And this is what Jesus is saying, like, go about. So wash them. Clean that dirt off. Get them right with me. This is serving. Apply the work of the cross. This is setting people free. This is the example of Jesus. Like, it's a humbling experience to have Jesus know you and know all of your faults and failures, but love you anyway. I don't know that there's a more humbling and broken experience than that than to have Jesus really look at you and see you and love you with the full measure of his love. He, God, the king of all kings, kneeling before you and saying, son, daughter, I, I got you. Let me wash that off. Let me, let me wash that off. Come here. Let me, let, me cl- let me clean it off. I got you. You don't have to live that way anymore. Feel it this morning. Feel his love for you. And allow that to soak in. This is the moment in the service where we don't just rush through and get to the end because I'm all done. But rushing through to get to the end means that we don't sit in this for the moment that Jesus intended for us to feel. And then when we get up from this place, we go. And we do the same thing that Jesus did for us. We become the hands and the feet of Jesus. And we love on them. The lowliest and the dirtiest. And can I just explain and make sure that we're, we're framing this correctly. The lowliest and the dirtiest are not necessarily those living on the sidewalks in their tents. They could be sitting at the top of the high-rise tower in their corner office and they are low and broke and lonely and hurting and ashamed and embarrassed of their life. We lovingly apply the forgiveness of Jesus and His work on the cross to the people around us because that's what Jesus did for me. I want you to close your eyes. here this morning and and you you've never experienced what it means to be washed and cleansed like that by jesus you've never asked him to come into your life and say jesus your way is my way your way is better i want to live for you i want you to be my god i want you to be my king i humble myself before you and receive you into my life if you've never done that ever I just want you just to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want that, though. That's what I want. Or maybe you're here. So if you've never done that and you're like, yeah, I want to I I live for Jesus. Yeah, I see that hand. Or, or maybe you're here and you're like, I used to know. I used to walk with God. I used to know Jesus. But then I left. And I didn't just leave. I ran far, far away. Friend, you don't know me and my story, but I've been there. There was a time in my life when I ran as far away from Jesus as I possibly could. And you need to know, he just keeps chasing you down. (laughs) You might give up on him, but he's not giving up on you. He keeps pursuing you. This moment right here, this is him pursuing you. He orchestrated all of this so that you could hear this, this message. And so if you've been running from Jesus and you're like, I'm done running, Jesus, I'm coming home, then I want you to raise your hand. There's anyone else here? Say, yes, I'm I'm coming home, Jesus. I want to live for you. Yeah, Yeah, I see that hand. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for you. you. Jesus, I pray for these these ones that raised their hands and said, I want you. I want you in my life. I want to live for you because the way that I'm living is not working. And I, I... I give up and I surrender to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would rush in, flood their lives. I thank you that even now you are applying the work of the cross to their lives and they are in your sight, perfect, healed, made whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I thank you for your salvation. I thank you brought them in. You call them son and you call them daughter. And you say, I chose you chose you. I pray that you would establish them in your family. In Jesus' name. Amen.